Yes, Heavenly Father, we, we do come before you this morning and we pray that you might put a song in our heart. We come before you this morning to study Mary's song, the Magnificat. We, we pray that it might move us as well. We pray that we might be similarly inspired uh, to break into song and the wonders, into the good deeds into, that you've done, your faithfulness that lasts from generations to generations. Loving Lord, we pray that you might give us eyes to see, ears to hear you speaking to us through this passage. Father, we pray that my words might be your words. We pray that I might decrease and you increase in all that is said and in all that is heard. And the people said, Amen and Amen. Love you guys. I love a bit of audience feedback, a bit of participation. Please feel free to say your Amens or put your hand up for a question. I promise I won't be at all offended. I can't promise I'll know the answer. I will promise to go away and find out. Today is the Magnificat. It is Mary's song from Luke chapter 1. It is a very famous song. You often hear it referred to as the Magnificat. It comes from the Latin uh, translation, the very first word in the Latin translation, Magnus, which means to make great. Uh, my soul glorifies or makes great the Lord. Uh, this is a, this is a wonderful song that's been put to uh, music many times down through history. Some of you your hand up if you know the hymn, Tell Out My Soul, The Greatness of the Lord, a wonderful song, a wonderful hymn uh, that tells that it's basically been put, putting this wonderful piece of uh, scripture uh, to music. Uh, Mary is a wonderful role model for us. Now I know we Protestants get a little bit iffy, a little bit sort of, we start to get a little bit nervous, but I'm not sure you good Protestants, that Mary is in fact a wonderful role model for any follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, Mary is uh, going through some tough times at this point, and yet she is, she is singing. Mary is a faithful young woman. She remains faithful through it all. She has remained sexually pure, and she is indeed feisty. Mary is a feisty young woman. If you read between the lines, you don't have to look too hard to see that this is in fact a song of tremendous faith. This is actually a pretty feisty song from a feisty, faithful young woman. She had every reason to be a bit of a Grinch that first Christmas. She had every reason to be a bit of a Scrooge that first Christmas. Think about the context. She's among the most powerless people in her society. She's from Nazareth, a little hick town that nothing good could ever come from. So she's, a, she's the rural poor. She's engaged to a, a tradie, uh, but she is, after all, a woman, which, you know, living in a time when women were treated as little more than property, let's be honest, fellas. And to top it all off, of course, she's pregnant and she's not married. You'd understand that this was a source of tremendous shame. Now, in Australia in 2021, this happens all of the time, and it's no great cause uh, for concern. But back in her day, this was a source of tremendous shame and, and scorn. In fact, according to the letter of the law, this actually put her life in danger. According to the letter of the Mosaic law, she could actually be put to death for this. So she is in all sorts of trouble. We don't know whether that actually happens terribly often, but technically speaking, she may well be in 
fearing for her life. Yet through it all, she sings. She bursts into, into song. Now there's four things that I want us to draw out in this passage uh, today. You might want to just make a note as, as I go through. There are four things. Firstly, in the first couple of verses from 46 to 47, I want you to see that, that God brings joy. That's the very first truth here from Mary's song. God brings joy. I'm wondering what makes you joyous? What brings you joy? A new car, a new house, a new puppy. Uh, when things go well, we are joyous, aren't we? You might be joyous uh, at a rock concert and sing. You might be joyous if you're on the other end of the social spectrum and you enjoy curling up with a nice book on the lounge. What is it for you that makes you joyous? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, for Mary, she was joyous that she was in Christ, that she was alive in Christ, Maria. She, she is joyous simply because she belongs to Christ. She is joyous because God is the source of her joy. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in Him. God is the source of Mary's joy. Uh, I want you to point to see a couple of other things. If you've got the text open in front of you about this first little verse, there's a couple of little key lessons, a couple of little key takeaways about God being the source of her joy. Um, firstly, uh, she says that my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. Whose Saviour is it? It's my Saviour. It's her Saviour. Mary rejoices that she has a personal Saviour. She's not talking in the abstract. Mary's not talking about God some people worship. As a minister, I get to chat to a lot of people who like to sort of, they find out I'm a minister, and they like to tell me all that they know about theology and God, right? They tell me about, you know, their, maybe their Sunday school class, or their, or their, they might have gone to a school where they went to chapel. They like to impress me with what they know about God. This is not Mary. Mary's not simply singing about an abstract God. She's singing about my Saviour. She has a, a personal relationship with God. That's the first thing. Make sure you have a personal relationship that is your Saviour, not grandma's or grandpa's. He's your Saviour. Make sure that you belong to Him, that you know that, that He's yours and, 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 and that, that you put your personal trust in God. You've handed the keys to your life over to God. And secondly, she knows that, that she needs a saviour. She sings because she knows that she is in need of salvation. Story of Aussies today, Isaac, and I've lived as one of them now for about 47 years, but I think I've got a fairly good handle on them. I really don't think that Aussies think that they need a saviour. They really don't think that they need to save. I think there's a big attitude out there of, I'm all right, thanks Jack. I'm, I'm all good. I'm a good person. I uh, pay my taxes nicely. Uh, I, you know, I help people out. If, if I see someone in need, I might stop and help them. I, I'll give 20 bucks to the salvos during Red Shield appeal. I'm a good person. I hear it all the time uh, when I do funerals. Uh, ministers quite often will uh, be asked to do funerals from people who have been outside of the church. Uh, grandma might have been a Methodist, so we get a phone call. And, and old Reg or Clary, he was a good bloke. He was a nice person. 
because he did all the nice things. They don't recognise their need for a saviour. Mary is undoubtedly a good role model for us, but she's just like you and I. She's a sinner in need of salvation. Friend, you need a saviour. You need someone to save you, and you cannot do it for yourself. Sin separates us from God. This is the story of the gospel right goes right back to Genesis that sin entered the world and broke our relationship with God. And due to the atoning work of Christ that Mary is singing of today, we are once again able to enter into a right relationship with God. The price has been paid. God is our, has sent a saviour into the world and Mary sings it. So she sings of my saved. That's the first thing. God brings joy because she knows she has a relationship with God and she has been saved. She has a saviour once more. There is a, a quote that I want to bring to you this morning. Uh, we couldn't actually find, I'm not sure who said it, but it seems to be a bit of a, a, an anonymous quote. Happiness of heart can no more be attained without God than light and sunshine can be had without the sun. On every side, in every part of the universe, men and women are seeking happiness and cannot find it because they do not seek it from God. God is the source of Mary's joy. And I encourage you, for all the good things in life that we'll enjoy over Christmas time, and I enjoy all of them, I enjoy getting a new car or a new house or a new puppy, but none of those things will truly satisfy. Only God, our Father in heaven, can truly satisfy in the long term. So that's the first thing. God is what brings Mary joy. Secondly, in verses 48 uh, to 50, Mary sings because she knows that God has a special part for her to play. Friend, God has a special part for you to play as well. Mary sings because she knows it's not about her. Again, another big Aussie trait. It's all about me. I'm pushing myself forward. It's a constant challenge in the human spirit. But Mary is singing because God is at work through her. Her own self is not the end point of her life. She's not on about herself. She's singing. She's joyous because she knows that God is at work through her. That she has a, that she has a part to play. It's going to cost her big time. She has a very important part to play. She's, she's been told, if you look back earlier in the chapter, the angel Gabriel, you know the story, the angel Gabriel has, has visited Mary and has told her that she will give birth to the Messiah. So we all know that she has a particularly special part to play. You might think, well, my part's not particularly special, Pete. But know that Mary's special part that she's been called to play is going to cost her it's going to be an extremely costly role for Mary to play. As I've already said, she's already a social outcast. She's an unwed, pregnant mum. Uh, Joseph is considering calling off the wedding, which, until the, an angel appears to him and set things straight, they will both know the truth of the pregnancy. They, Mary and Joseph both know the truth that the pregnancy is not the result of, of extramarital sex, but nobody else is going to believe they're going to be outcast from their people. Like I said, her very life could well be in, in danger. And like that dodgy innkeeper said a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, remember they had to go to Bethlehem, which is where his family is from, but 
couldn't find anywhere to stay. Scholars think it probably was because she was heavy with child. It was a source of great disgrace uh, for Mary and a source of great shame for Joseph. Think of it from his perspective. So it's going to cost her big time. Once Jesus is born, King Herod is going to set up to try to kill the child. They have to flee. They, 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 they have to flee to Egypt. Uh, a little bit later on, Simeon, the prophet Simeon, if you read on, Simeon says, a sword will pierce your soul, Mary. Mary went through some tough times being the mother of, of the Christ. Yet she still is able to sing. Through it all, she still is able to Sing. So let me ask, what is your part to play? What is what is what has God placed before you? How can you contribute? How can you play your part in God's plan? The problem again, I think, with a lot of Aussies is that we say, well, here's my, here's what I'm going to do, and God, can you please bless it? Can you see the difference? When I set my own agenda, I set my own course. And I decide what I'm going to do in life is going to bring me glory, it's going to be the best for me. And by the way, God, could you help me in that? That's the wrong way of, of going about it. We need to say, Heavenly Father, what is your calling for my life? What, what would you have me do? I, I'm happy to share that I found my calling in life as a, as a minister of, of the Word. I, I was enjoying working in a bank. I, I had a great time working in banks and financial institutions. I was working at an AMP. I worked for a training organisation. I was touring around the state. I even got given a corporate Amex card. How about that? I was like 28 years old or something. It was pretty flash for a 28-year-old. I enjoyed my work, but it just was not my calling and, and it was not the way God wanted me to be. So I'm, I'm very thankful that I've found my calling. It doesn't mean that it's always easy. Mary's story proves that as, as well. But what is, what is God calling you to, to do today? I encourage you to think about the big picture stuff. Some of you are parents or grandparents. If that's so, let me, let me assure you that God is calling you to be a godly parent or a godly grandparent. That'll be part of, of your calling if that situation is. He has placed you in. But even the little stuff, even the everyday stuff, and I encourage you to wake up every morning and say, Heavenly Father, I'm, I'm here for you no matter what. what. What is it that you have in store for me? Do you want me to kick a few goals for you today and achieve something today, Lord? Or, or is it today a day for me just to do a hard slog, to go through some, some hard yakka for you? So that's the second thing I think we can, we can learn is that God has a special calling for Mary and she sings about it. And God has a, a special calling for you. So can I encourage you to do your best to seek it out uh, in the new year, 2022. The third, third thing I think that we can learn from this, uh, from Mary's song, is, is that God wants to turn the world upside down. Mary's singing because of the great reversal we sometimes hear it called. The, the, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Friends, isn't that good news? All the people that are self-satisfied, that push themselves forward, Mary is singing that God is about to bear his arm and that he has the power and the strength to humble the haughty and to lift up the lowly. You'll see there in verses 51 through to 53, Mary is celebrating the fact that God is going to lift up the humble. 
Uh, you can see there he has uh, brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. This is good news for all the countless millions of people. And I'm looking at and seeing some of the faces today who quietly go about their business, serving their Lord. Without a great fanfare, don't expect praise and adulation. The people who do it tough, the people who have a hard slog every day, quite frankly. The people who selflessly care for others, who selflessly care for or family members, the people who have a, the rough end of the stick. Mary is singing because those people are going to be lifted up on that day. Of course, we are still living in the in-between times of Christ's first and second coming, but she's looking forward to that day when everything will be put to right. She's looking forward to that day when God will wipe every tear from the eye. She's singing because God is about to change the status quo. And finally, she's singing because God always keeps his promises. It's the other little bit of good news here. God is keeping his promises. She mentions Abraham, the father of the Jewish tribe, of the Jewish state, the one that they look back to, Father Abraham. You might have sung a song about that or two, those of you in Sunday school as well. Uh, Father Abraham lived about 2,000 years prior to Christ. And God made some promises to Abraham. He called him out from a place called Ur. Everybody say Ur. Yeah. He wanted to take a rat and uh, change his name from Abram to Abraham and promised him in his old age, and in Sarah, his wife's old age, he'll be a father of a nation that all tribes of the earth will be blessed through him. And here, that night in Bethlehem, that promise is about to be fulfilled. God is about to make good on that promise. Friends, God keeps his promises. Through all the trials and tribulations of Israel's history down through the years, wars and, and famines and, 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 and slavery and, and captivity, some people sort of started to, to doubt God's faithfulness. But not Mary. She's singing because God has remained faithful. That he's going to come through and will, will keep his promises. I'll share with you one final promise, but our four things, our four little takeaways from Mary's song today. And I encourage you to sing this Christmas time because God is the source of your joy. Sing because you know that you have a special part to play in his plan. Sing because you know that he's turning the world upside down, but really turning it right way up once more. And know that God keeps his promises. He's promised that he will never leave. He's promised that he won't overburden you with something that you cannot bear. And he's promised to bring you life eternal, abundant resurrection life in this life and the next. I want to leave you with one final Christmas image. This is... Uh, my new favourite Christmas image. Last week I talked of a very strange Christmas image of a, of a, of a refiner's fire, a silversmith, or of a launderer's soap. This is another interesting Christmas image. This is my new favourite Christmas image. Forget the baubles on the tree, forget the snowflakes. It's December and it's Australia. So let's forget about the snowflakes. Let's forget about all the cutesy stuff. Friend, this is an image that I came across this week, and it's titled, The Virgin Mary Consoles Eve. On the left, you will see Eve. On the right is Virgin Mary. 
and she's consoling you. I don't know that you can see it here, but let me explain uh, what's happening in this picture here. I'm not sure if you can see Mary's face, but Mary, um, you can see Eve's face, but Eve on the left there, her, her cheeks are a blast. She's been crying. She's ashamed. And you can, oh, you might not be able to see that, but the fruit she's holding in, in her arm has a bite taken out. It is symbolic, sorry, darling. This is symbolic of sin entering the world. You might be able to see also the fact that there is a serpent is wrapped around her leg. Can you see that? This is a very powerful picture of, of sin entering the world uh, through Eve and, and through Adam that day via the serpent. But Mary is coming to Eve and is consoling her. How? By placing her hand on her baby bump and saying, Eve, it is going to be okay. That terrible day at the fall is about to be put right. All the con devastating consequences of sin are going to be dealt with. And you might not be able to see it there, but can you see what Mary is treading on there? She's crushing the head of the serpent. This is a fulfillment of the promise that God made right back there in Genesis. Indeed, to the serpent himself, he said that, the woman's offspring, the woman's seed, will crush your head. Sin has been defeated. Death has been defeated. Friend, this might not look like it, but this is a wonderful image of the hope of Christmas. This is a wonderful image of the reason why we sing at Christmas. And this is why Mary is singing. And I encourage you that you too can also sing this Christmas. Because death has been defeated. Christ has come into the world, that God will keep his promises and bring eternal life, joyous, abundant, eternal resurrection life in this life and the next. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you might help us to sing a song of joy even in the difficult times. We pray that you might help us to learn from Mary in this regard. Father, we pray that you might help us to be faithful like Mary. You might remain, help us to remain steadfast like Mary. We pray that you might put a song of praise on our lips in good times and in bad. Father, we thank you. You are the source of our joy. We say thank you, Father. You have entrusted us to play a part in your salvation story. Father, we thank you that you are turning this world upside down. We say thank you that you are lifting up the lowly, bringing comfort and peace to those who mourn. We say thank you, Heavenly Father, that you keep your promises. We say thank you, Father, that you are faithful, that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Most of all, Father, we say thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus, into our world. We say thank you that you didn't leave us Despairing in our sin, you came and broke into human history. And you did it in a revolutionary way. You did it by an unwed young woman, from a small town at the back of nowhere. We say thank you, Father, for the humble circumstances that he was born. We say thank you, Father, for his life and his teaching. We say thank you for his death in our place. 
We say thank you, Father, that you raised him to new life. We say thank you that we can share in his new life. We say thank you that through faith in him, we can share in that resurrection life, Father. So as a result, Father, we sing. We join with Mary in singing your praises in good times and in bad, all the days of our life. People said, Amen. 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 Let's, uh,